0: Hello and welcome to our Grains Convoy podcast series brought to you by the Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development. These short podcasts aim to assist grain growers by delving deeper into our research projects that target crop protection, crop production, soils and genetics in Brodaker crops. I would like to acknowledge the Noongar people on the land I am recording this podcast and the Aboriginal people of the many other lands Deep Herd operates. I'd also like to pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. My name is Cindy Webster and I'm a research agronomist based at DeepHerd's narration office. A weed is defined as a plant considered undesirable in a particular situation. Australia has many weeds and a lot of research is being done in DeepHerd on managing them in broadacre crops and pastures. Today I'm asking DeepHerd research scientists Alex Douglas, who is based in Albany, and Dr. Hamahinda Damu, based in Northam, For a summary of weed activity that was experienced in the WA grain belt in 2022, and summer and preceding weed management options for 2023. First off, I'm interviewing research scientist Alex Douglas from the Deephead Albany office. Welcome to the podcast, Alex. Hi, Cindy. How are you? Very well, thank you. Alex, you have more than 30 years of experience working in the broadacre weed field. What made you choose to become a weed research scientist?
1: Well, it's actually pretty easy and simple, Cindy. I chose weeds partly because it was my first job out of uni, and partly because plants don't run away or kick you <laughs> when you're trying to work on them. So you're pretty sure that you know when you when you're doing a plant-related trial, they're going to be right where you left them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds like a great reason. And Alex, diving into today's podcast, I'm sure you've probably heard about a lot of weed activity. June 2022, can you provide us a summary of what were the major weed trends for WA in 2022?
1: Well, basically, Cindy, mostly it was just the sheer magnitude of the weeds and partly like so many weeds um, throughout the whole season. And this is really because of how long and how sustained the rainfall was. So we had a very wet season. So in a lot of cases, growers weren't able to get out and do any sort of management on the weeds, particularly not at the perfect timing. So the the weeds would get bigger, there'd be seed set, which perpetuates the weeds. Um, And also, particularly in the southern areas of the wheat belt, there are weeds that have an extended germination pattern, like annual ryegrass and wild radish. So these were coming up, they all usually come up later in the season, sometimes into August, so you can have an issue right throughout the year with some of these weeds. So it was mainly just a lot of weeds and an inability of growers to control them at the right time and then not being able to control them in a lot of cases because they'd got too big.
0: Right, and with that setting up the situation for 2023, are you expecting that there will be summer weeds in 2023, even if we do not have further substantial summer rainfall?
1: Yes. Well, we're already getting the weeds that are considered summer weeds. So things like fleabane and sow thistle, they're already germinating and they're germinating under the crops. So before some of our crops have even been harvested, there are these summer weeds coming up. So, um, And because because of the conditions, again, um, growers haven't been able to harvest a lot of their paddocks at the time when they would have liked to, so they've still got harvest going on, and this is likely to go on in some cases into January, um, and so they're not going to be able to get back onto those paddocks to spray, because you can't spray a paddock that's already still in crop, um, so, so there's weeds that are going to be carrying on into uh, end of December and January, that are coming up now. And to be honest, looking at some of the patterns of the rainfall that were expected, we are expecting more rain um, in that December period. So we will get um, weeds continuing on. And a lot of these weeds, like fleabane and sow thistle, uh, will have another generation. So the seeds that they're setting now are quite likely to be able to germinate on those paddocks if we get more rain in January and February. So it's a perpetuating problem because you can't necessarily get on to control them. You're um, setting up a a problem further on. And the thing with with the summer weeds as well that I'd like to mention is that um, you get uh, what's called a green bridge. So it's essentially carrying on from one season to the next with green material growing plants. um, And that carries... Uh, diseases and insect pests from one cropping year to the next cropping year. So that's another reason why it's important to think about controlling summer weeds, so that you you can sort of break the bridge and and stop the cycle of weeds crossing from one crop year to the next crop year. Um, and there is information on summer weed control and management at the Green Bridge on Deep Herd's Agriculture WA website.
0: It sounds like it's going to be a very interesting and challenging situation, Alex, but thank you so much for your time today and this podcast.
1: Not a problem. Thank you, Cindy.
0: I am now chatting with weed research scientist Dr. Hamahinda Damu regarding summer weed management and initial findings from Deephead's research on finding alternatives for glyphosate for summer and pre-cropping weed control. Welcome to the podcast, Hamahinda. Uh,
2: Thanks, Cindy. Thank you. Hamahinda, can you tell us about yourself and your role at Deeperd? Uh Cindy, I'm a research scientist uh, in Grains Directorate of Deeperd, based at Northam, and I have a PhD in weeds agronomy. Uh, I joined the department in 1997, and uh, my professional career in the last 25 years uh, has been mainly focused on weed management in broad dryland agriculture and herbicide tolerance of new or potential new varieties of grain crops, uh, with an aim to reduce yield losses due to herbicide damage and weeds, and thus improve farm profitability. Uh, since last year, I have been leading a deeper funded project on uh, finding alternatives for glyphosate for summer weed control and pre-cropping. I just want to add here that uh, Dave Nicholson, a senior technical officer based at Northam, is also uh, part of this project.
0: That sounds really interesting, Hamahinda. Can you tell us what prompted the finding alternatives for glyphosate for summer weed control and pre-cropping research project?
2: Uh, Cindy, as you know, glyphosate is extremely valuable herbicide, has reliable performance, it is cost-effective and has a range of use patterns in Australian farming systems. Uh, However, uh, there are chances that we may lose it from our farming systems uh, through glyphosate resistance and weeds uh, and or oh, social uh, regulation. So deferred funded this project. Uh, moreover, in this project, uh, we are mainly focusing on alternative herbicides that are mainly registered in Australia.
0: And do you have any major findings to share from this project in regards to glyphosate alternatives for summer weed control?
2: Uh, yes, Cindy. Uh, we did one field trial covering Caltrop and Afghan melons in last December and two screen house trials uh, covering button grass, windmill grass, and sow thistle uh, early this year in summer. Uh, we found a range of herbicides or herbicide mixtures uh, were as effective as uh, uh, glyphosate. Uh, let's start with celtrop. Uh, and at the time of uh, treatment, herbicide treatment spraying, celtrop uh, plants ranged from small vegetative to large flowering or fruiting plants. And gorilla, 1.7 liters per hectare. Alliance, 4 liters per hectare. Glufosinate, 200 at uh, 3.7 liters per hectare. Uh, paraquat 250 at 2.4 liters per hectare. A mixture of paraquat 2 liters, with Waraxa, 100 mils per hectare. And 240 Amine, uh, 1.6 liters per hectare alone. Uh, recorded weed control efficiency of 96 to 100%, uh, similar to Roundup Mix 2 liters per hectare. Uh, weed control efficiency was calculated uh, using dry weight of Caltrop and other weeds in the other trials uh, four weeks after treatment application. Uh, just for your information, uh, both Gorilla and Alliance are a mixture of paraquat and Amitrol, but their ratio is different in these products. I'm just mentioning some of the herbicide product names in this talk. By any means, I am not promoting any product here. It is just for ease of understanding. And also, we used these products in our our trial work. Any similar products will be equally good to use uh, on farm.
0: Thanks for explaining that, Hamahinda. And what did you find with Afghan melons?
2: Uh, Okay, Uh, Afghan melons at the time of uh, treatment application, they were at two to eight leaf stage. And uh, Terador, 40 grams per hectare. Uh, Glufosinate at 3.7 litres per hectare in mixture with uh, group G or new classification of 14 herbicides, then group 14 herbicides like reflux, uh, Sharpen and vorexor um, provided 95% weed control efficiency and a mixture of glufosinate uh, with the star in advance, which is a fluoroxypyre at uh, 300 mils per hectare and uh, 240 A at one point, uh, 1.6 liters per hectare alone are recorded 100% weed control efficiency uh, like uh, Roundup Ultra Mix, And how about
0: button grass and windmill grass?
2: Uh, okay, uh, button grass and windmill grass was done under screen house draw, uh screen house conditions. And at the time of treatment application, uh, the plants were at five to seven leaf stage and some of the plants, they were already tillering. Uh, and a mixture of uh, glufosinate 3.7 litres per hectare, and pericoid, uh at 2.4 litres. Uh, and Alliance 4 liters per hectare alone, uh, gorilla, gorilla 2 liters per hectare, and Haloxifob, for example, verdict uh, at one, uh, 150 mils per hectare, provided 100% uh, control of uh, these weeds, uh, weed seedlings, under greenhouse conditions. Uh, however, on the mature button button grass and windmill grass, these herbicides, especially Haloxifob, have been uh, reported to have a uh, comparatively poor efficacy.
0: And how about the south thistle?
2: Okay, south thistle um, and 3.7 litres per hectare, and 34 grams per hectare, paracoyed 2 litres per hectare, and gorilla 1.7 litres per hectare provided 100% control of 2 to 8 leaf stage south thistle seedlings compared to 91% weed control efficiency uh, with the Roundup mix 2 litres uh, per hectare.
0: And did you find, are there other effective glyphosate alternatives for managing weeds later in the season, such as pre-sowing?
2: Uh, yes Cindy, uh, we did uh, three field trials at Deeper Northam uh, in June this year to find pre-seeding knockdown glyphosate alternatives for ryegrass, kaipweed and uh, sowthistle. Uh, and let's start with ryegrass. <clears throat> the ryegrass population in the trial was uh, glyphosate resistant and at the time of herbicide treatments application, uh, it was uh, profusely tillering or at the advanced stage of tillering and uh, gorilla two liters per hectare with a 95% control of that dry grass was the best treatment followed by 85% control with Alliance 1.5 liters per hectare and 80% 81% control with mixture of glufosinate two, at two liters per hectare uh, and the Terador 40 grams per hectare. Uh, obviously, in the glyphosate-treated plots, ryegrass grew, rye grew as good as in uh, untreated control plots because of, you know, glyphosate resistance in that population.
0: And how did the kate weed perform?
2: Uh, on uh, young, actively growing four to eight leaf stage kate weeds, and uh, two liters per hectare and Alliance at one point five liters per hectare uh, provided almost complete kill of this weed like uh, Roundup ultramix 2 liters. Uh, however, uh, Paraquat uh, at 2.4 liters per hectare and gorilla 2 liters per hectare provided uh, 50 to 65% weed control of caveweed. I just want to mention here that the caveweed plants, that did recover from initial damage from these uh, uh, Paraquat and gorilla herbicides.
0: And did you see any responses from the South thistle?
2: Uh, yes, uh, at the time of um, uh, treatment application, south thistle was uh, uh, flowering or at the fruiting stage. And uh, glucosinate at uh, 3.75 liters per hectare, sharpened 34 grams per hectare, and voraxor 100 mils per hectare were as effective as uh, Roundup Ultramix at 2 liters per hectare. So these treatments gave almost 100% control of mature south thistle. However, paraquat at 2 liters per hectare, and uh, Gorilla 1.7 litres per hectare. Um, the weed control efficiency ranged from 88 to 93%, uh, 93% uh, against uh, mature sow thistle. And uh, at the end, actually, um, Cindy, I want to say, from the summer weed control point of view, it is better to control young, actively growing summer weeds as soon as possible to conserve soil moisture and nutrients for subsequent uh, winter crop higher yield. Yes, thanks for
0: clarifying that, Hamahinda. And where can our viewers go to find more information about this research?
2: Uh, Cindy, I uh, haven't published the results yet, but I'll be presenting these results at the, grain, uh, at the GRDC grains research updates in February, and the paper on this topic will be available after the crop up, uh, re- research updates.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today, Hamahinda, on this podcast. Uh,
2: thanks for the opportunity, Cindy. Thank you.
0: You have just listened to Alex Douglas and Dr. Hamahinda Damu from Deep Herd provide a summary of weed trends in 2022 and summer weed and pre sitting weed management options with glyphosate alternatives. If you like this podcast, you can download and subscribe to Deep Herd's Grains Convo podcast series on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. My name is Cindy Webster and thank you for listening.